Hi guys, so here in this lecture we are going to talk about glucagonoma, which is a rare pancreatic tumor associated with mild diabetes and there is also a classical skin rash. Most glucagonomas have the malignant potential and especially at the time of diagnosis you see that they have already been metastasized to some organ, especially towards the liver. The skin rash associated with the glucagonoma is necrolytic migratory erythema and uh, you will also see some other clinical manifestations which are due to the peptides such as the VIP calcitonin and GLP-1. The diagnosis of glucagonoma is made clinically but for the confirmation you have to measure the glucagon level which is USC is generally very high and treatment is surgical. Sometimes you confuse this diarrhea and the rash with the niacin deficiency called as pellagra but you also see dementia and dermatitis, stomatitis and chelosis in case of pellagra, which is not seen in glucagonoma. The association of the dermatitis or skin rash is symmetrical in case of pellagra and you see it is mainly seen on sun exposed area in the form of vesicles and blisters. A fungal skin infection can also confuse you with the rash but uh, you should think about the systemic manifestations which are coming which can rule out the fungal infection. Next is a disease called a systemic mastocytosis. So systemic mastocytosis, you see that there is a rash called maculopapular vesicular or pustular kind of rash, but it is particularly seen in children and rash is more generalized. You also see on rubbing the edge of the rash, it produces wheel or erythema, which is known as Darrier sign. So Darrier sign, what exactly is Darrier sign? When you rub a edge of a rash, it produces wheel and erythema. And it is seen in systemic mastocytosis because it is because of the inflammatory mediators. And you see that 50% of the patient with systemic mastocytosis also do have hepatosplenomegaly. So these are all the differential of diarrhea or skin rash, how you can differentiate these conditions. Yeah, glucagonoma is a rare metastatic tumor associated with mild diabetes and a classical skin rash. You see that there is central clearing in this rash. And it will not respond to 1% hydrocortisone. So this can help you differentiate from other kind of rash. Alright, now let's talk about subtype of diabetes mellitus. So basically there are three main subtypes. Type 1 diabetes, type 2 and monogenic diabetes. Which is also known as like which was initially called as MODI. Maturity onset diabetes mellitus of young. But now it is called as monogenic diabetes. Let's talk about the pathophysiology. Type 1 is absolute insulin deficiency. Type 2 is relative insulin deficiency or because of insulin resistance. Monogenic diabetes, impaired insulin secretions, impaired glucose sensing. So what happens if there is impaired insulin secretion or the sensing is impaired in case of monogenic diabetes? Let's talk about the associated characteristics. So type 1 is mainly seen in children but that doesn't mean it cannot be found in younger adults it can be seen in younger adults even in elderly so nothing is specific but still you should consider if it's a child or a young adult then this might be type 1 diabetes if there is no family history normal weight and family history is less common in type 2 diabetes you see it is mainly seen in adults but it is less frequent in adolescent often you see that there is overweight and family history is common monogenic diabetes it is young onset adult that is age less than 30. It is specific that age should be less than 30 for monogenic diabetes. So if a patient is of 40 years or 50 years, then you should consider ruling out monogenic diabetes. 
and there will be normal weight family history is common because it is an autosomal dominant inheritance so autosomal dominant inheritance so one of the person in the family might have this now presentation of type 1 diabetes you see there is acute or severe polyuria weight loss and ketoacidosis in type 2 diabetes you see gradual and asymptomatic ketoacidosis is rare in case of type 2 and in monogenic you see that there is mild hyperglycemia it will not be that severe and ketoacidosis again is rare what is the laboratory finding in case of type 1 diabetes so in case of type 1 diabetes you see undetectable c-peptide because already the insulin is not there that's why the manifestation of type 1 diabetes is uh, uh, like there so that's why you see that there is no c-peptide positive pancreatic antibodies will be there so what kind of antibiotic you will see glutamic acid decarboxylate 65 autoantibody can be present in type 2 you see that there is elevated c-peptide and pancreatic autoantibodies are absent and another one in monogenic you see that there is some kind of detectable c-peptide pancreatic autoantibodies are absent so the laboratory finding of monogenic and type 2 diabetes is similar but in case of and also like monogenic is pretty similar to uh, type 2 diabetes how are you going to differentiate one of the points which will help you differentiate is the weight okay because family history is common in both but weight is normal in case of monogenic diabetes but that's not an absolute thing also monogenic diabetes age is less than 30 type 1 diabetes is pretty easy to differentiate so i don't think you will face difficulty in that but yeah now so if a patient comes to you with severe hyperglycemia with an anion gap metabolic acidosis ketonemia consistent with diabetic ketoacidosis so in conjunction with his acute presentation that is if a patient is having symptoms within less duration let's say four days and age is younger age there is no obesity there is no history of any autoimmune diseases or maybe there is a history of autoimmune diseases then you should consider which patient might have type 1 diabetes acute presentation young age lack of obesity history of autoimmune disease type 1 diabetes now type 1 diabetes result from autoimmune destruction of the pancreatic beta cells with this we know resulting in absolute insulin deficiency leading to ketoacidosis as initial presentation ketoacidosis is not seen in case of modi which can help you differentiate type 1 diabetes mellitus often occurs with other autoimmune disease so if you see there is a patient family is having inherited endocrinopathies such as polyglandular autoimmune syndromes then you can think about it also there might be a history of non-neuroendocrine autoimmune conditions such as so you see pernicious anemia vitiligo and celiac disease these are the other non-endocrine autoimmune condition which can be associated with type 1 diabetes now in contrast to type 2 diabetes which is rarely present with ketoacidosis onset because the condition does not involve absolute insulin deficiency glucose metabolism is sufficient to prevent the ketoacidosis why ketoacidosis occurs in case of diabetes it is because glucose metabolism is not sufficient okay but if it is sufficient then you see that uh, there's no ketoacidosis coexisting autoimmune syndrome are not common in type 2 diabetes but you will see that family history might be present now there is another type of diabetes which is also known as glucocorticoid induced diabetes which is characterized by insulin resistant rather than absolute insulin deficiency 
So because of glucocorticoid, you see that insulin is resistant. There is no absolute insulin deficiency. Therefore, ketoacidosis is again uncommon here. If a patient is having primary adrenal insufficiency and the patient is receiving glucocorticoid, but not in excessive amount, so this will not lead to glucocorticoid-induced diabetes. So you can rule that out. You, you have to see for how long this patient is using glucocorticoid and how much dose does that patient need. Is it sufficient to induce a diabetes or not? No. Although monogenic diabetes, which is also known as MODI, is seen in young with normal weight, with a family history of diabetes, is expected okay, due to autosomal dominant inheritance. So the, one of the person in the family must have this. okay, Because the pathogenesis involves defective glucose sensing and uh, insulin secretion, so absolute insulin deficiency is not present. Therefore, ketoacidosis is rare. So yeah, this is how you can differentiate. There is one more condition which is known as pentratogenic diabetes. It's caused by ILS cells this damage from the end-stage chronic pancreatitis. So if a patient is a chronic alcoholic patient gradually converting into chronic pancreatitis, so this patient's ILS cells are damaged and now this patient have pancreatogenic diabetes. Both glucagon secreting alpha cells and beta cells are affected which can lead to increase in hypoglycemic but decrease the risk of ketoacidosis compared with the type 1 diabetes. So you will see that there are high risk of hypoglycemia in such patient and you will see that ketoacidosis is rare okay mild elevation of the serum amylase may be seen in dka but not specific for pancreatitis okay so serum amylase will not be seen in case of pancreatitis okay so you are not going to diagnose diabetic uh, this pancreatogenic diabetes by measuring the amylase level okay Okay, so this is it for this lecture. Thank you so much for listening.